with chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. which is new every Thursday at podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading and streaming as we settle in for another podcast, another interview. All of the interviews you hear are courtesy of my Sirius XM show, which is heard daily on channel 106 volume called Trunk Nation, heard live every day, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Here on the podcast, some highlights from what I do five days a week over there on uh, Sirius XM. Hope you join me. As a matter of fact, there is a there is a uh, a free listening thing going on. So if you're not a subscriber, all the radios are on, all the streaming is free. So be sure to check it out on Sirius XM 106, Trunk Nation on volume. Also, want to give a big thanks to everybody who listened, or I should say watched, my new TV series, Trunk Fest, on Access TV. Uh, eight great episodes have now aired, and we are already starting to shoot a second season, although you probably won't see it for quite a while, because we need to get all the shows done before they roll out. So, festival season, will catch the tail end of this year, and then the beginning of next year, and then at some point, I would say, hope, hopefully early, mid-next year, the second season of Trunk Fest will air. If you missed any of the eight shows that did air in season one from eight different festivals, you can uh, probably see them on demand if your provider carries Access TV. Many of them are there. Also, this Sunday, it's my understanding that Access TV is going to be doing a marathon. Maybe, I think all eight, maybe in a row which would be over the course of four hours. So now that all the episodes have aired and premiered, look for a lot of repeats on Access TV until we get to season two. Thank you for watching Trunk Fest. Got a lot of tremendous response to it. Every single response I got all said, well, it's not that metal show, but it was cool. Yes, I know. (laughs) I know it is a completely different show. I know it is not me doing artist interviews. I know that it is not interview artist intensive, which is what I am known for. But it's fun to do some different stuff. It's fun to get out of the wheelhouse a little bit and experience some different 
uh, genres of music, festivals, and experiences, and that's really what the show is all about. So thank you. We'll see what the future holds, but uh, it's been a lot of fun to do this series for Access and looking forward to the next run of shows. Um, Let's see here. I just got back from Tulsa again. Had the chance to host a great show there with Faster Pussycat and my buddy Don Jameson this last Saturday at the IDL Ballroom. Always fun to hang in Tulsa. I'll be back there again for two shows in October. That includes Sebastian Bach and uh, Tom Kiefer. A lot of stuff coming up, including September 12th. I'm at Scorpions hosting that at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida. Also, a few days later, I believe it's the 15th, Sammy Hagar is performing at the Seminole Hard Rock. I cannot be there for that show because of my schedule. I'll be on the West Coast in L.A., but you should definitely check that one out. And then a lot of other stuff coming up that I'll be hosting down in Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock. Great venue. Check out Ticketmaster. Get your tickets and go down there and support those shows. Also getting ready to host the Hair Nation Tour. At least some of the shows, including L.A. and Anaheim and Vegas and Phoenix, So those kicking off September 14th for me. If you're going to that, I'll be seeing you on the road for some of those shows. A lot of uh, different things going on. This weekend, I am going to Mexico City, where I'm going to be doing a press conference because I am hosting Deep Purple's tour of Mexico in November. So I'm going to Mexico City this weekend to do a press conference there and get a, a feel for everything. And I'm going to do my radio show from there on Friday. So... Should be pretty cool. A lot of uh, unbelievable experiences going on, and I appreciate all of them and hope to see you out and about. As usual, follow me on social media, at Twitter, for up-to-the-second news info and updates, which is simply at Eddie Trunk. Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk, and eddytrunk.com is the official website, the blog, the Trunk Report. All my appearances are there, music news updated daily. And happy birthday to Dana Rosen, who does the music news for me on my site and has since day one. Dana celebrated a birthday yesterday, uh, the 22nd of August, as did my son Ray, who turned 11. So happy birthday to them both, celebrating yesterday, if you're listening on post day. Uh, Merch is available, signed copies of my books. It's all there for you on eddytrunk.com. You can also email me anytime you want through the website. I'll do my best to respond. It's eddie at eddytrunk.com. So... The interview that I'm going to bring to you this week for the podcast is an interview that I can honestly say has gotten more reaction than any interview I've done in a very, very long time. Universally praised as one of the best interviews I've ever done, and the subject of the interview is universally loved. And I'm talking about Steve Perry, the former lead singer of Journey. Now, I am blown away by the reaction to this interview. I have made my name doing artist interviews, and I have a great sort of trust and rapport with many of the artists. And one of my great advantages in doing the interviews that I do is the fact that I've been doing this 35 years, so I have a connection and a history with many of them. And many of them I know quite well, and I can maybe get some things first or go in some areas that maybe others wouldn't think of or wouldn't normally do. So that's always a great advantage of mine. Now, in this instance, I did not have that advantage because I never met Steve Perry in my life or interviewed him. 
And I will tell you this on the podcast. I was extremely concerned about this interview. Because when you do an interview of this magnitude, there are a lot of people that get involved in it. This interview happened uh, last Wednesday on my show on volume. And I did not book it. It was done through the talent department at SiriusXM. And I had heard and found out that Steve wanted to do an interview with me. It is always really kind of surreal for me, having done this for as long as I have, when artists that I don't know know me and know my work and respect my work and request to request to, to have me interview them. I mean, it happens quite often, and it really is quite flattering where artists will say, hey, you know, I, I want Eddie to do this, or I'm going to be, I'm going to, this is the first thing I'm doing, I want to do it with Eddie. So that really means the world to me that I've arrived at that point, and that's exactly what happened with Steve Perry. Now, Steve Perry, since this interview was done, has done a ton of interviews. He's got a new record coming out, and he has uh, made the rounds but the the context is important here because this was really the first thing he did. This was the first anyone had heard from him in about 20 years. And I was concerned because I hate doing interviews with conditions. I won't, if, if I'm doing an interview for my own programs whenever I can help it, I will turn down interviews if there are conditions. Meaning being told you can talk about this, you can't talk about that. Because you, the audience, it just looks like I'm not doing my job. I'll never forget, Zach Wilde had just been booted from Ozzy. And he was had already been booked to come on my show. And I got a call from a publicist saying, listen, I know you have Zach coming on. You can't talk about Ozzy and him being out of Ozzy. I was like, "What are you, are you kidding me? Like, my audience would destroy me if I didn't. And I passed on that interview as, as close of a friend as Zach is. I could have looked ridiculous. And Zach didn't even know anything about it, of course, that I couldn't ask that and why I passed until later on when I told him. So it doesn't, it makes me look bad. It makes whatever platform I am I'm on look bad if you can't ask questions. And I will be honest, leading into this interview, there was a lot of hand wringing about things I could and couldn't do. And when I couldn't, couldn't announce that Steve Perry was coming in and then I could do it on the radio, but I couldn't do it on social media. There was a lot of very conflicted messages that honestly made no sense that added a lot of tension and apprehension to me doing this interview, which doesn't make usually for a great interview. But I knew once Steve Perry came in, I didn't know the guy, but I just knew, as is usually the case, all that garbage goes away and you just roll with it. And that's exactly what happened in the interview you're about to hear. So I'm glad that it went as well as it did. As I've said, many people felt and praised this as a, as a, as a great interview and loved what I did here. I have not even listened to this back since I did it. The, the response was so overwhelming, I just left it at that and was very content and appreciative of all that. And a big part of that also goes to Steve Perry for being so cool and letting it all roll. 
But there was, believe it or not, leading into this talk about, well, you really, he doesn't want to talk about Journey. And what, it's just, you can't, you can't take a guy who was in Journey and put him out there. And I think, you know, I think what happens is that some of the publicists and the handlers, they, they start to try to do this stuff and then they realize it's, it's useless. And that if you're going to do interviews and promote something, there's no way anyone is going to stay away from what the person is best known for. Of course, you're going to get all your plugs in needed for the current project. I understand as a professional, that is the focus. That's the reason why artists do press. You know, I just had Slash drop by my radio show a few days ago. We just did the big interview in L.A., but he just dropped by a couple days ago on my volume show. Just came in for like 10 minutes. He was in New York. And we talked about that. And and I said, you must have loved the fact that you didn't have to do anything with Guns N' Roses. All you did was play guitar. He goes, it was great. I said, was that a was that a blanket decision to not do media with GNR? And he said, no. He goes, but we had nothing to sell. The tickets were sold for the concerts. We had no new product. And that's just it. Artists don't do and usually don't like doing any media unless they've got something to promote. So you can't, but you can't tell someone they can't ask about something. It's it's ludicrous. And there's not anybody that's going to talk to Slash now and not ask about guns. There's nobody that's going to talk to Steve Perry and not ask about Journey. So although I couldn't make it a, a huge focus of the interview, it was certainly a part of the interview. And it had to be. And people loved the conversation and where this all went. So thank you all for the amazing feedback. If you've heard this already, it's your chance to hear it again. If you were listening live, as so many were, it is uh, your chance to relive it again. If you live outside of America or Canada and you can't get SiriusXM, it's your chance to hear it maybe for the first time. And if you are still not a subscriber to SiriusXM, it's a chance to hear it as well. Great to have Steve Perry back. He was wonderful to talk to, as you're about to hear he he walked in the studio, and the first thing he said to me on my kids was he shakes my hand. He goes, wow, I canceled all my other interviews today. I was so excited to meet you and do this. You know, you're kind of a legend. He said that to me. And that, that was how I answered him. I go, what, you're saying that about me? <laughs> so the highest compliment coming from Steve Perry, and I, I will put that on my tombstone. For sure. So thank you, Steve. And I appreciated him being so cool. And because he wanted to do this and made an effort to do it, that's one of the main reasons why it went so unbelievably well. So I think you're going to love it. If you heard it before, relive it again. If you have not, enjoy. One of the great voices is back. He's honest. He's open. We talk about Journey. We talk about his ability to sing now. We talk about this record. We talk about where the hell did he go for 20 years? It really is a very candid and open Steve Perry, and it was a joy to do this. And as I said, many consider it one of my best interviews. So I hope you feel the same way and like what you're about to hear. Coming up on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, breaking a 20-year silence. The voice of Journey on all of their classic recordings, Steve Perry's return. Coming right up. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, you guys, if you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs and feet, 
I got relief for you. It's finally here. It's called TheraWorks Relief. It's a topical foam. It's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start so you can get a full night's sleep or do the activities you love without having to worry about muscle cramps. I used this stuff one time, true story, on a cramp that I had in my calf that woke me up in agony in the middle of the night. Knock on wood, it has not returned since. TheraWorks Relief, it only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly, and it does work. I recommend TheraWorks Relief to my family, my friends. The results, they speak for themselves. It's a life-changing product, and you don't even need a prescription. TheraWorks Relief, it is the choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Try TheraWorks Relief today and experience relief from muscle cramps for yourself. Get TheraWorks Relief in the pain relief aisle at select CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreen pharmacies or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. That's TheraWorks Relief for your muscle cramps. From the mind of Martellus Bennett. Once you pass 21, your birthdays are done. It's Revenge of the Jocks on Podcast One. Once you pass 23, you can't take me to Benihana's. A no-holds-barred show about all the things that shape our world and culture. I want to go to Africa. I've never been. I want to go full Jumanji. I'm Robin Williams yeah. and Jumanji. Jumanji I think that's like in South America, though. Revenge of the Jocks with Martellus Bennett. It's like trying to have sex the first time and getting it all wrong. I think I'll keep trying. <laughs> on Podcast One and wherever you listen to podcasts. New to Podcast One, it's the Trials of the Vampire, straight out of Australia. When a male prostitute is accused of raping and mutilating a client, few doubt his guilt. The attack was shocking, and the victim claims the attacker boasted about being a 200-year-old vampire. To hear the whole story, you must go to podcastone.com or make sure to get the new Podcast One app. This is a story you don't want to miss. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, here you go, folks. As promised, one of the great voices of all time breaking a 20-year silence on my radio show on Sirius XM last week. Joining me in the studio for that show, here he is, Steve Perry. Good to meet you, sir. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you. And I appreciate you coming in. And I, I don't, I'm sure you're picking up on this, but the love and excitement about the fact that you are back and releasing new music is is off the charts. I mean, you can feel it in the air. You really can. Yeah, You're I, picking up on that, right? I am picking up on it. It's just overwhelming, to be honest with you. Who knew? I didn't know. I've been isolated for so long. I just didn't pay attention to none of that, you know? But now I'm a social media kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, suddenly, suddenly overnight, Steve yeah. Perry's on Twitter, Instagram. Oh, let's go. <laughs> no, oh, no, what no, happened? No. And Steve just come out of a rock and realized there's social media? <laughs> Came out of a cave, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... I guess the obvious question is, you said you were isolated. Where were you? What were you doing? Well, you know, when when I left the group, the reason I left is because I was just truly burnt out. And uh, my love for music was getting really, really questionable within my heart. And uh, I kind of had to stop. And, and there was no easy way to stop, you know, leaving the mothership that I had so loved and worked so hard with the guys to build. And so... It was tough, and I didn't tell nobody. I just kept working as we were doing, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of hit the wall, and I said, I can't do this anymore, and the band looked at me like, what? And and I'm sure there was no way to drop such a bomb on the fans easily, but I just had to stop, you know, and just get out for a while, and that's what I did. And once I stopped, I, I realized I had to be okay on my own 
in my own terms, without the love and adoration and applause, I kind of wanted the wheels to touch down, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So you you got to sort of decompress, I would think, I during did. that time, right? I did. I had to decompress. There's and what did you do? I mean, I mean, besides therapy, (laughs) was there a lot of that, Steve? There was some, yeah. (laughs) Well, whatever, you know, whatever it takes to get you back to where you want to be. Where you can be okay being yourself and that's enough. You know, I mean, I mean, being in such a, an amazing ride like we were on is like, you know, circling the earth, so to speak, in some satellite. Then all of a sudden it's just time to come through and land. So there was no easy way to come through the earth's atmosphere without burning a little bit. You know? So, so you, when, where do you, when you leave journey and, and, um, go on your own journey, so to speak, yeah. no pun intended. Where do you physically go? Do you go home? Do you go away? Do you go get a a, a home somewhere where nobody kind you can just, you nobody mean at knows? That, where, at that time? Yeah, just to, like where do you go to really disconnect? Because you know people are going to be looking for you right. and try to get to you, and I, I'm sure you want to just get away. Yeah, at that particular time, I went back to my hometown of Hanford, California, mm-hmm. and I just hung out in that town and, you know, with old friends and Drove up, drove up down Main Street and saw my old house where I was raised just to try to reconnect. I had a Harley Davidson I used to keep in a storage unit and I used to go out on these country roads. Back in those days, you didn't need a helmet. And I would just drive that Harley on these one lane old country roads, one called Coyote Road, in fact, and just let the wind blow and just try to get some wind in my face and just think about things. Mm hmm. Yeah. And did you did you get away from music completely? Completely, you, honestly, I you did. did. You, yeah, I did. So uh, so you didn't write. You didn't no. sing. No, sir. You know, I I had to let go with a conviction that uh, if music was to come back to my heart again, that would be fine. If it didn't, I'd already lived the dream of dreams. Honestly, I mean, we had accomplished so much as a group together, and. Um, I had to let it go completely to see what would happen because I was like a like a wrung out sponge. Mm. There was no juice left in me. And you know, you got to know that when I was a kid, I loved music more than anything else. I mean, it saved my life when when I could play those old forty fives and get into those songs and listen to those rhythms and those voices and that songwriting. It was a place I could go to when my family was breaking up at that time, my mother and father. So, and I'm an only child. So I lived in the fantasy of those 45s. So I brought that with me when I joined the band and brought that love for that. And when it started to leave me, I got scared. You know, what's interesting, Steve, you talk about how music saved your life at that point. It sounds like when you left the band, if you hadn't, music would have destroyed your life. Look, I'm not complaining. Okay, I, I want to make that clear to people. I am, and not, I'm not taking it yeah, like that at yeah. all. I'm just saying because you were run dry and had had enough, and the the grind of that. Well, you don't have to look too far to see people not survive in the music business. Right, and you know we were uh, okay. I'll speak for myself. There were some extra stimulative behaviors going on back in the day <laughs> with what bands weren't there Steve. okay okay Come on. thank you all right i feel better that would have been it would have been even, weird if there wasn't even djs maybe not me believe oh. it or not and i'm not saying that sound mr goody two shoes yeah. but i've been in the music industry this is my 35th year in radio and the other things that i do and i fortunately for somehow i don't know how never went down those roads you, never, never, never did a drug. But never, you're the exception. You know? uh, totally. I know yeah, that. Okay, it okay. was around me. And I mean, I've worked in the business my whole life. I've seen right. it. I get it. Right. But I could have kept going with those uh, exterior assistance uh, behaviors. 
but it wouldn't have filled the hole that I knew sure. was going, you know, yeah. so I had to just literally stop. Yeah. There's yeah. no easy way to do it. I just had to do it. So, and then <laughs> snap your fingers and there's 20 years. <laughs> longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Longer than that. Yeah. But did, did you know, like, because you know, it almost became like this sort of mythical thing about Steve Perry. It's like, you almost became like the Howard Hughes of rock music. It was like, I th- we think we saw Steve somewhere. And then- and Sightings. Then, yeah, sightings. Yeah, there was a scene. And then there's a baseball game and that looks like yeah, Steve Perry. Yeah. And it is Steve Perry. <laughs> the Giants, right? You right, sang yeah. the I love the San Francisco Giants, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you did fun things that you just wanted to do. I did. I went to baseball every summer. I'd go to the fair. I mean, I would go on vacations. I'd go to movies. I'd do the things everybody else does. I needed to just get back to a life and let that be enough. How often did you, in in your sort of, I'm not the the guy from Journey anymore, uh, those 20 years, how much... Were you able to go around without being recognized? Were you able to live pretty anonymously? Or did uh, in, you get stopped a lot and be like, dude? Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't easy. So you know what I did? I buzzed my hair. Really? I buzzed it, dude. Like I, I, all of it? Like buzzed. I had like a windshield up front and that was it. <laughs> you know, up on the front, right? And I, I, I certainly, with this nose, I did not look like me. <laughs> Baseball cap, disguise, yeah, yeah. anything? No, no. Just as long as you buzzed the hair, you I were good. I buzzed the hair, you know, and plus I think I had gained about 50 pounds, so that helped, you know. Well, that's that'll, that's fun, too. You probably you know, did some good eating, I, right? I knocked a few things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say, you, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here, you look great, man. Oh, you are, you. you are, if I'm not mistaken, 69 years old, are yes, you not? Yes, I am. God bless you, man. You I, look still amazing. Here. Still here, but looking great, and, and judging from the new song, sounding great, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, but yeah. you clearly took care of yourself in this all this time away too, because you're not rolling in here looking like a guy anywhere well, close to your age or honestly, I'm really pounds. tired because I didn't sleep very well last night. Because this was a big night last night because our our whole website launched at midnight out here, and everything launched. The song launched, Noah Racing launched, everything launched last night. So I just couldn't sleep. I was somewhat just overexcited about it and just overwhelmed about it all because it's such a different thing getting my feet back in the waters you know at the same time excited so i'm a little burnt out right now but Mm. but i'm here with you and i'm excited well i appreciate that and i got to tell you tell you before you came on the air i mean i've as i said i've been doing this a long time but there are those moments where someone's coming in to do your show Mm -hmm. where it's tangible the feeling you can feel almost in the air as goofy as it sounds but with fans with listeners with people so unbelievably excited to hear someone voice again and that is i mean people trying to i mean jump through on our phones and people outside and i personally got calls from friends and family that yeah i've been doing this forever who's he talking to today holy shit steve perry's coming in whoa now he's doing something you know you finally arrived and you're thinking what about me i'll give you one you're a big baseball fan yes, one yes. of my best friends in the world is mike piazza oh yeah okay. who, who who called me on the way in it's a true story on my way into the building he he called me up and he goes dude he goes um Got Steve Perry coming in there today? It's like, yeah, he goes, Congratulations. After all these years of doing TV and radio, in my wife's eyes, you finally arrived. Oh, my God. <laughs> he goes, because you're going to be sitting next to Steve Perry. So that's the, I mean, and that's got to res- mean so much to you, I would think, yeah. that people missed you so much. Well, it, 
I don't know. I guess I isolated for so long. I'm just finding out what that means right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it is overwhelming, and it's it's beautiful at the same time. You must have caught some of it when you showed up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? I did, and, and when I walked out there, that was a real thrill to walk out there. And I, as you as you saw maybe the clip, you know, they had a whole, like, worked-up thing. They had a big teleprompter, and I said, you know, F that. I'm just, I pulled out my piece of paper. I says, I got some things to talk about here. So, And I just sort of did my thing, and the the fans, they were so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk specifically about the new record, but but one thing on the Hall of Fame, because it's the question everybody wants to know, your decision to not sing with the band. Yeah. What, what, why was that? Was well, it you just didn't feel it? It wasn't right for you at the well, time? I'm not in the band. I haven't been in the band for quite some time, and Arnell's been in the band. The, the, the third singer has been in the band for almost 10 years, I think, and yeah. he's a sweet kid, and I even gave him a shout-out, and he's a wonderful kid, yeah. and... Uh, you know, he sings his heart out every night. I, I mean, it's his gig. There's a, a one of my favorite photos from that night is Arnell literally kissing the ring, it looks like. Oh, I know. It's you like know. he's meeting can the I, Pope. Can, no, I know. It's so funny. He's such a fan that's got to touch you so much. Oh, it's amazing. You, he, so there was a gentleman who we recently lost named Harry, uh, part of the management team. And, and Harry was there with me. And, and he says, uh, uh, Steve, uh, listen, I don't know if you know, but Arnell's running up down the halls. He heard you're here backstage. I said, well, where is he? He said, I think he's outside. I said, well, well okay, I'll come out. So I walked out and he was there and he had this sort of like beautiful sort of pinkish coat on. And, and he comes up to me. There was something endearing about the way he looked at me he, he was he was meeting like a, a grandfather oh you know? <laughs> no it was more than that it was and, and and i've said this before too it's such a unique situation because it's pretty much the only situation you can ever think of in music history where a guy who has a tremendous gig is rooting to lose his gig <laughs> Because no. he loves you so much I that he know. openly campaigns for you no. to take his own gig. No, no, he's got the gig. It's his gig. He's doing great. But that is pretty unique. It, it you don't is, see a lot pretty, of guys doing that, and that's awesome. what a fan he is. And it's ama- it's got to be incredible for you to know yeah, yeah. that what you did in that band touched so many that they are be- that well, they that, act like but that. But that's why you know from the stage, I, I looked for him. If you if you remember, I looked to the left. I said, "Where's Arnell?" And I saw him stage left. I said, "Oh, there he is." I want to thank Arnell for singing his heart out every night. You know, because he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. Coming right back with more of Steve Perry of Journey on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, let me tell you guys about Quip. They are a phenomenal product. They really are. I have a Quip toothbrush, and it is really, really, really good. For starters, Quip It's an electric toothbrush. It's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier toothbrushes. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes. Quick pulses, they remind you when to switch sides, so you love that. Next, Quip is a subscription plan for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just 8 bucks, including... I'm sorry, wait a minute. Did I say 8 bucks? 5 bucks, even better. And that includes free shipping worldwide. Quip comes with a mount, suctions right to your mirror. It unsticks, so you can use it for travel. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List and named one of Time's Best Inventions. And 
It's the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association, and they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash trunk. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash trunk. On this season of Cold Case Files, we'll close the book on the Golden State Killer, a serial killer so prolific, investigators spent years thinking he was three different people. I think this offender is the most brazen in American history. We'll find cryptic clues on business cards, diaries, and tombstones. This defendant left his calling card at the scene of the crime. Cold Case Files returns Tuesday, August 14th, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, and you might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want, and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back to more with former Journey singer Steve Perry talking about Journey, his new album, and a whole lot more on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Let's talk about this record. Okay. So you're back. Traces yes. is the name of the record. Yes, sir. It comes out... October 5th. October 5th. When in this 20-plus year hiatus did the idea... Because there's a story behind this record, and I want you to tell it, how it came about. There's a concept behind it, the formation of it. When did you first start thinking about doing it? Well, well like we were talking about, you know, I really did go away and wait for the wheels to touch down and just, just let it all go with a conviction that if music came back to my heart, great. If not, I already lived the dream of dreams, man, honestly. I mean, what more could I have ever been part of bigger than what we did together? So... I just was okay with just moving on into the ether of my life, you know, because music had left my heart. And then I met this girl named Kelly Nash, and I met her through uh, Patty Jenkins, a friend of mine who, of course, is a director for Wonder Woman and, and uh, Monster, and now she's doing the new Wonder Woman. Uh, she's just a very soulful writer-director, Patty is. And I'm hanging out with Patty, and she's doing this thing for Lifetime called Five, which is about a woman who has breast cancer and she has all these people around her actors who have cancer because that's how Patty rolls. She likes to get this authentic sort of like environment for her actors. And one of them happened to be this girl as the camera's going across this this patio scene in the hospital. I said, Patty, whoa, whoa, stop, stop right there. Spool back. Who's that? She said, oh, that's Kelly Nash. I said, who's Kelly Nash? She said, well, she's a PhD psychologist. She had breast cancer, you know, and I said, well, 
wow, there was something. I don't know what it was. Just something rang the bell in my heart, and I had not felt that probably ever like this. So I said, do you have her email? And she knows I don't do that. Mm. She said, I do. I said, would you send her an email that uh, your friend Steve would love to take her to coffee or you know, maybe I need to start going to a new shrink or something because she's a PhD <laughs> psychologist. Maybe I'll go to her, you know? Right, right. And she says, I will, yeah, but it's something I should tell you first. I said, what's that? She said, she was in remission, but it came back in her bones mm-hmm. and it's in her lungs and she's kind of fighting for her life. You know, at that moment, I decided maybe I should change my mind about this. My head said, you don't need to get into this and get to know somebody and lose some more mm. people. You, you know, I was kind of still pulling back from the edge of life, you know. Right. And then my heart said, bullshit, bullshit, you, you send that email. And my head said, I don't know. My heart went, send the email. Mm. So I listened to my heart and sent it. She got back to me about a couple of weeks later on email, and then we talked on the phone I think the first time we talked on the phone, it must have been four or five hours on the phone. And then we went to dinner. We were inseparable after that. It just, there was a connection I never experienced before. And um, how long ago we talking, Steve? Um, that this well, happened? I would say six years ago, six or seven years ago. Okay. She passed away about, uh, about five, a little over five years ago. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, lost her to the disease. But the thing is that, one of the times we were together, she said, listen, I need to ask you a favor. I said, what's that? She said, you need to make me a promise. I said, well, what's that? She said, um, if something was to ever happen to me, promise me you won't go back into isolation for I think it would make this all for naught. And I was, oh, gee, I, what am I going to say? You know, what, Let me ask you this. Did she, did she, did you, you also use her as a therapist? No, I did not. You didn't. So no. it wasn't like you had no, we never did dealt that. with her on that level No, we well. never did that. Okay. No, but she wasn't afraid to tell me the truth, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so she, did she acknowledge in you maybe in the time you were together, and do you think she said that because she sort of felt that... Um, she loved my music. She, she loved she, my sketches. She was younger than I was, right. but she, she was from another generation. She died at the age of 40. Uh, stunning, beautiful, stunning girl. And uh, had she seen Journey with you in the band? Not really, but she had friends who told her about it. She looked up and she did her homework afterwards. Right. In fact, one of her friends says, "You know, you should go out with a guy." She says, "But he's that guy from Journey." I mean, she thought it might be some slasher or something. <laughs> she was afraid. Uh, they encouraged her to go out with me, and so she went out with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that sort of um, what she had said to you, kind of like go and, and be Steve Perry again, more or less, it yeah. sounds like. And well, that really yeah. sort of inspired you to maybe find that music again in your heart. Huh? Well, I had sketched some, you know, we were living here in New York for a while when we were doing some treatment that was only uh, available out here. So we moved to New York for about a good eight months. And uh, I was playing some of my sketches for her. And we were walking back from treatment one day and she starts singing some of the sketches. And and, and I'm thinking, when you say sketches, you mean outlines of songs? Yes, or, okay. yes just okay. rough sketches of songs that I'm okay. working on. And, uh, you know, they're just, at some point, they're just, they're just mumbles, but their hook lines are melodies. Right. They got rhythm, they got, they got harmonies. And she's singing something, I'm going, what? Wait, what is that? She says, I don't know, I just like it. I said, wait a minute, is that, that's one of my songs. Honey, she said, maybe, I don't know, I just like it. I needed that kind of confidence that... Um, from someone like her, but it just stuck with her, the music. And Patty Jenkins was the same way. I played some rough sketches for Patty a long time ago before I even met Kelly, and Patty was very supportive that 
no matter what I'm doing, she just thought it sounded so much like me that I should do it. So after you lost her, did the songs take a different shape? Did when you the record that's about to come out? Did it end up being a different record in light of the fact that she passed away? Did you did you alter the material? No, I would say that after I lost her, I went through a couple of years at least uh, with therapy, two three years of some serious grieving, and a lot of a lot of crying. To be honest with you, um, I was trying to stop crying, but then I had this incredible guy who therapist told me, "I want you to cherish the grief," and I thought, "Cherish the grief? God, when am I going to stop?" feeling this he said cherish it because there'll come a time where you won't be able to access it as deeply as you are now i think it's good for you to cherish this moment because as humans we do slowly climb out of Mm -hmm. the the depth of the grief Mm -hmm. if you allow yourself to go into it Mm -hmm. that's what i've learned Mm -hmm. and uh you never get over it but it gets better but you never get over it so as a result of that i think what she gave me back was a deeper a deeper broken heart than i ever had before and from that came happy songs and R&B songs and uh, rock songs and some sad songs. So the the album has a real beautiful uh, blend of different moods. Mm-hmm. And who did you collaborate with on it? I, I haven't oh. uh, beyond the single, which the single and the video came out, I guess, early this morning or, yeah. or last night for the track No Erase. And right. and it's a it's a great video. You've got a great a big group of musicians yeah. in there playing in there mm-hmm. with you. Um, who are who are some of the people that did you have co-writers and who who are some of the people that play on it or that you did you reach out to some people that I you had wanted to work with for a while? I did. Take I us always, through that. I always wanted to work with Josh Freeze on drums, so he played on No Erasing. He played on Sunshine's Gray. I love Vinny Caliuto. Vinny Caliuto is one of the best drummers in the world. Sure, because. He's got a, a relentless pocket, yeah. and uh, so he played on a lot of the music. Steve Ferroni played it, and since I'm a drummer. I have a little bit of a propensity <laughs> to lean to great drummers. You got three great ones right there. Yeah, so. no, right? <laughs> How come you did you play drums on you it? You know, I would go out there sometimes and lay down some pockets to talk about it, you know, and, and just sort of like, you know, but I'm never gonna never gonna play against these guys. Come on. Well you know just diverting for a quick second here, you are um a drummer, and in all the years that you were in Journey or any band, did you ever turn around to whether it be Steve Smith or everybody? Like, I've had this conversation with Steven Tyler because Steven plays drums I as know, well. And often I'll watch Aerosmith, and, and Joey Kramer's also a friend, and I'll, I'll say to Joey, I'm like, Steven's always up there on the riser, and he's sticking his mic in there, and he's showing you the beat. And I go, that must get annoying to have your singer trying to yeah. tell you what he wants to do. So did you ever do that in Journey or any of the I, bands you're I in? I did. I did a couple <laughs> of times, you know, showing some 6'8 pockets, you know, some of the old school 6'8 pockets uh, but I used to do sound checks when Ainsley was doing radio I would do the sound checks for oh, yeah? Ainsley you know and, and that was fun playing with I got to be the drummer in Journey every now and then <laughs> So back to the record, you, you've got those guys on drums, and then right. did you write all the songs yourself? Did I you did, collaborate? I, I wrote them all with, with some people and some alone. Uh, Noah Racing was with David Spring. Um, John Five and I wrote uh, Sunshine's Gray. I was wondering, John's one of my dearest friends. Really? Oh my God, and he's, he's on. He's ridiculous. He's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, when do you hear this song? It's pretty rocky. And John, it's funny with John, and and he's probably listening because he listens every day, and uh, he... he um, John is this guy that the crazy Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson looking guy and the crazy shredder guitar player. And he's one of the sweetest guys you could ever meet and one of the most talented. And he writes for people you'd never believe being where he comes from. But he's a wonderful guy. You've heard his picking talents. Oh, oh, God. That's where his heart is. He's a picker. He loves to pick. Well, he got inspired to play guitar because he watched Hee Haw as a kid. 
and the and the, the that, guitar playing. Isn't that just totally opposite yeah. to what you just <laughs> <Exactly>. said? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, wow, it's crazy. So he plays on Sunshine's Gray, and he you know he came up with a title which I loved. It had this this juxtaposed thing about it, you know, which is like him. Yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah, and. Um, and then my guitar player, uh, my engineer also plays guitar. He played guitar on a couple, uh, Tom Flowers. Uh, we co-produced it together. Um, who else is on the record? I have everybody from uh, Nathan East on bass, Pino Palladino on bass. Wow, oh, Pino great players. Yeah. yeah, great players. So, so you start recording this when? When did you actually start making the concerted effort that I'm going to make a record? I would say a couple of years ago we started recording. Yeah, because okay. I built a studio. I always wanted to have a, a full-fledged, absolute, qualified, loaded studio. Mm-hmm. So I built a great room, and uh, I kind of patterned it after some of my favorite rooms, especially Motown. Mm-hmm. For the drums, it's got a great drum room. Mm-hmm. So you so you didn't have any restrictions as to when you could work, how long you could Not work, nobody coming in behind you? Every day, f- forget it, nobody yeah. coming in behind me. We'd go in there, we would start at 10 in the morning, and we'd stop around 6 or 7 every day. And did you, how did you know, and here's a, here's a thing with musicians that I find is, a, is an issue, especially if, you, if you've been out of the game for a while like you, you were, how do you know when it's done? Like, do you ever, did you go, did you Man. struggle with that? You're scaring me. Don't ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> Am I getting inside no, your head, no, Steve? No, it's true. <laughs> it is probably the biggest counter obsession question yeah. because you can keep on polishing the, the, the varnish off of anything or the right. paint off of anything, especially now with, with Pro Tools. Yeah. So um, the trick is to know when it feels great, you know, and and so what I tried to do, I, I started these songs with lots of loops to write them with just to have or even clicks. Mm. And then I turned around and put real musicians on them. And those real musicians brought such a unique feel and pocket to it that became the template to keep reaching for more of that. Once a foundation, I think, uh, of a drum pocket and a rhythm section is established, you know what does or doesn't fit in an overdub sense from that point on. It will tell you that works that don't work. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not rocket science. If you listen, if you pay attention. And when you're getting back in the game, then all of a sudden you've got to start getting up to speed and you've got to assemble a team and you've got to get people around you that you trust and you've got to do that whole process again. Yeah. So so how is that for you? Well, I found Tom Flowers through a, a, a kid named Ian and Tom and him build uh, recording equipment together, um, outboard gear. And I said to Ian, I really want to work with you. But he was he was busy working with Greg Wells on some stuff. And he said, I really can't leave right now. But I'll tell you who taught me everything I know is this guy by the name of Tom Flowers. I said, well, okay, give me his number. So I called him. And I brought Tom in my studio. I said, Tom, I believe in this room. And I'd had some other engineers I brought in. But none of them saw or heard without hearing what I knew was in the room. They knew it was possible what I thought the room could provide for drum sounds and all the overdubs and guitar sounds. Right. And um, so Tom saw that. He said, oh, we, we'll get some kill drum sounds. This, this won't be a problem at all. So his, his amazing positive attitude uh, is still to this day. In fact, honestly, I was downstairs just talking to him in the lobby about the overwhelming response to the record. And he's just one of the most unique sort of Zen cats. And I need that because yeah. I'm a little edgy. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between <laughs> Joseph Campbell and Joe Pesci. <laughs> 
opening your mouth again to sing. You said you didn't sing during all that time. I did not. And you didn't. So, so do, do, were you worried that the pipes were still there? Well, the pipes have always been a problem. You know, they, they're not something that just is always there, even when you're singing all the time. Right. Because when the instrument is you, it's not fingers on a fret. Right. It's not drumsticks. It's not hands on a keyboard instrument. When there's nothing but you, people think, oh, but your voice is in your throat. No, it's bigger than that. It's your attitude. Did you get some sleep? Uh, did you drink enough water? Did you sing too hard last night? What did you take away last night that you don't have today? You'd never know till you open your mouth. So it can be a real neurotic situation. You know, I don't care what Eddie Van Halen says, by the way. What about what? Singers have a bit of a burden because we are a bit neurotic, yes. But it comes with what I just explained. Yeah. I wish I had frets. Yeah. <laughs> So what, you mean lead singer's disease? Yeah, that was his thing once upon a time, you know. It's a bit of a... It's well, a I bit... think dealing with David Lee Roth, you're dealing with more than just vocal, no, whatever vocal no. limitations. I think I'll you're take doing... the fifth on that, but I don't, I don't want to get into that. No, of course, I'm not asking you to, but... um you're, the vocals that, that, I mean, you set a bar, as I'm sure you know, so ridiculously high with the music that you I made. With, what was with, I thinking? I mean, did, did you feel like you were painting yourself in a corner, Steve? Uh, yeah, I did. You know, when you're young, it's kind of like... It's kind of like a pitcher, like like you, you win th- two or three Cy Youngs, and all of a sudden, now what are you going to do? Like Tim Linscombe, now what are you going to do? You know, I've said that to to singers who who have been, who've turned in these remarkable vocal performances in their career, and then they get older, and then I'm just like, you, you kind of think that, well, man, I'm going to have to sing that at 65 years old. Like, how the hell do I do it? You and- don't think about it when you're doing it because you're young. You just know. Uh, well, at that point in time in music. You kind of had to get in the outdo the next kind of cat mode. You know what I mean? There was so many of us trying to climb to the top of the heap, so to speak, as who's going to be the one who can really belt it. There were so many great singers. You know, there was a cat from Toto, a cat from Santana, the cat from um, Survivor. I mean, all there's so many different singers with these high voices. And uh, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, okay, watch this. <laughs> You know, so so are you saying that you kind of maybe at that at the I on think those we're records? All, well, we're all competitive, but you, but did you almost go? Do you feel you almost went outside of your natural range because it was competitive, or were you comfortable we, with what you were doing? I, at the time, I was very comfortable. I just kept pushing myself for greater heights. You know, I just really wanted to keep out doing my own capabilities and I may have set the bar a little high at this age <laughs> well I was going to ask you I mean you know how how do you could you sing that stuff now I probably could but I may have to drop a key here and there and I'm okay with that oh, a lot of guys have yeah. to do that there's no shame in that at not all. at all no I mean you, you do know how old I am you just told everybody you yeah know? well so, it's not in, yeah. in these days let me let me let you in on something because you've been out of the loop for 20 years yeah. there's no secrets in the business anymore oh, there's yeah. this thing called the internet <laughs> oh you know I just got on the Did internet steveperry.com yeah I just found out about that. I know you just discovered the know, social media stuff. But, know. You know that, and that ties into another thing. I mean, are you? The business has changed so much. Oh my gosh. Since you were in it last, yeah. I mean, everything from the way people listen to music to the way they get it to the way you interact with fans. Yeah. Are you up to speed on that? Are you ready yeah. for that? Well, we're we're doing all that now. I have great management, mm-hmm. and and they've really helped me get myself up to that level, up to that speed with with today's uh, landscape of it all. Yeah. 
I feel like there should be like a, a classroom or a program or something for people. If you if you were in the music business last in the mid '90s, let me tell you what's going on today. I know. Here's the beautiful thing, Steve. You could sell on this new record about one one hundredth of what you'd have to sell in 1989 to be number one. <laughs> you I know, know that, right? Isn't that something? I mean, where's I know. the sales, right? I know the bar is kind of a little bit lower now. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's the good thing. You could make yeah. a great you splash and have a yeah. number one record pretty Because easily. you're right. Back in those days, you know, people don't realize when we had Tower Records, Warehouse Records, we had all these mom and pop stores in between, including all the other, you know, chains that existed, even Sears back in the old days. Sure. They were all selling records. Yeah. Uh, there would be literally an 85000 to a hundred thousand dollar five day five day meaning people don't know what a five day is explain what a five day is to people what a five day a five day S- a sale a five day was 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 a five day choice you would sell seventy five thousand oh, the, oh, the, no, the count yeah the, the seventy five thousand records in a five day right right and then it would roll to the next five day right but now gee whiz <laughs> well well Ten thousand would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up working in a record store, man, so I know the drill all too well. And right. then the, you know, the the days of the cassette singles and the way you used to reorder records, physically writing down the catalog number on the spine, and then f- calling in the order of faxing it, and then the sound scan days, and Gee, all people you lining the pallets up, showing up pallets of records, sure, pallets, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it, it, there's this, but then again, I don't know if anybody gave you the memo, but vinyl's back. Yes, so you know. and, we, and we're actually doing that. We're having vinyl made right now. Have you thought about live shows? Um, I'm talking about that with some people right now, but right now my biggest emotional commitment is to the idea of it. It took a long time for me to just find my love for music again and write music that I'm passionate about and sing music that I'm passionate about. There were moments in the studio where uh, we would be working on the track and we'd be working on a mix and, and I would actually get goosebumps on my arm after being on this track for a long time. And I turned to Tom and I'd say, Tom, you know, I can't get that anywhere else but here. I, I realize now that I must have found my love for this again because it's just, it's resonating with me again. Mm. And you're up for singing, assuming you do do live shows, mm-hmm. you're you're up for, I mean, you're going to put a live band together. You've got some guys, I'm sure, that in mind that should play We're with. We're talking and- about that, but nothing's really in concrete. Like I said, I'm just sort of like excited about the fact that I got a new record out and I got a lot of music. I wish you could hear the whole album because, yeah. I mean, there's 15 songs on this record. If you go get it at Target, there's 15. Otherwise, there's 10. So they have the bonus tracks. Five bonus tracks. Five bonus tracks. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, they're and, great, too. And the release date is October... Five. October 5. Uh, again, the album that we're talking about with Steve Perry is called Traces. You can see the video and hear the song for Noah Racing, which uh, first new music by my estimation since 1998. I right? think you're right. 20, is that, is that, 20 years, is, right? The last Journey maybe, album is 96. The last solo record, 94. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but you did, I think. So a you couple- remember better than I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know, though, Steve. <laughs> Trust me, don't ask me about I'm anything a, else. But I'm going to have to take you everywhere with me right now. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you something. There was an artist I used to work with at a record label side, and he used to say to me, you know more about my career than I do. And and those were in the days when you used to fax interview questions to to journalists, yeah. they, and you'd fax them back. Yeah, yeah. You know how many interviews I did as this guy? <laughs> I did. Wow. I did the, do, do you know, can I just tell you, do you know who you remind me of? Just your personality and your presence so much is 
Bob Ludwig at Gateway. You know who Bob Ludwig Mastering is? Mastering engineer? Yeah. I don't know him personally, but he, I know his but, work. But you but you just remind me of him. Yeah. yeah. He's similar, similar. I hope you like him. I love Bob. <laughs> no. No, Bob is, is, is a really great guy, and this album wouldn't be the way it is if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Yeah, you just remind me of him. Hey, do you have to go, or can you uh, stay for a little while? I you can stay go? for a little bit longer. I think, uh, let me look at- Because uh, I got to yeah. hit a break. Five, five, I've just got to 510. Take so, a break. So can we do a quick break and then come back a few more minutes with yeah, Steve sure. Perry, and then we'll let you get out of here and do your other things. It is awesome to have you here. We'll continue talking with Steve. A few more things before we let him go. Again, the album is out October 5th. It's called No Erasing. It sounds like you should get it at Target, because five more songs, that's a lot of extra material. And uh, wherever you're going to get it, you know, thank, thank, thankfully, Steve Perry is back, ladies and gentlemen. That's the most important thing. That's what the world wanted. So we'll talk a little bit more with Steve a few more minutes right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs and feet, relief is finally here. That relief is TheraWorks Relief. It's a topical foam that's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start. So you can get a full night's sleep, do the activities you love without having to worry about muscle cramps. TheraWorks Relief only takes minutes to apply, absorbs quickly, and it really works. I recommend TheraWorks Relief to my family and friends, and the results speak for themselves. This is a life-changing product, and you don't need a prescription. TheraWorks Relief. It's my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. I've used it. It works. Try TheraWorks Relief today and experience relief from muscle cramps for yourself. Get TheraWorks Relief in the pain relief aisle at select CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreen pharmacies or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. That's TheraWorks Relief for your muscle cramps. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. You know, just with the few minutes we have remaining, I mentioned what's going on with fans in the last 24 hours yeah. since it's come out that you're yeah. doing stuff again. Yeah. What What do you want to say? There's so many people listening to, right now that are yeah. so ecstatic to hear from you, hear your voice again on this song, you know, know that you've got a record coming out, that you, it's been 20 years that you've really I been know. out of touch with them. What, what do you want to say to those fans? Gosh, what what would that be? I, I, it's almost like, uh, I don't know if words would cover it. it it's still overwhelming, the response, in a, in a wonderful way. And I just don't even know how to put it into words. I guess maybe, I know this is going to sound really naive, but I really did let it go to the point where I didn't pay attention because I, I had to let it go to walk away from it. You see what I mean? I had to really turn my back on it all so I could leave. Mm. And unfortunately, that meant just not looking too much at what would have been painful. Like, they love me. I had to walk away from that because in order to leave, I had to do that. But now it's becoming clear to me that, uh, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get all all emotional here. But uh, I guess they never I guess they never left me. Mm. Are you aware of the impact the music you had made with Journey through the 70s into into the 80s? Were you aware? You've, you've got to be. The, the, the way that has now resonated 
right, in 2018. I mean, you must have been aware of, you must have watched The Sopranos. You, I don't know if you knew well, the song was I, yeah, coming on I was on part there. of the decision of that all, along with the other guys. So that was that was part of the impactive moment of, of that song. But, but just I, the way, just my point about that is where the where the music you made because you know you're moving forward now you got a new record and yeah. now you're getting but but you took that chunk of time to check out like you said music left your yeah. heart but the music you created isn't that something, it, it seeped Eddie, way I, more into I, I really generations know. and de- I know. people that weren't even born when you left I know. loving that music so did that make that connection to you that wait a minute, I kind of put these seeds out there that have gone to three, four different generations. But Eddie, there's so many of our graduating class of our era who did the same thing. For whatever reason, we were just so fortunate to write the kind of music together and the synergy that happened at that point in time when we were together had a unique thing, I think, unto itself. It really did. Uh, that band was a great band. When we were together back in that era, reaching in that era for the emotion of that time, I think we were really, really accomplishing something we didn't even know we were doing. And perhaps if I have to put such thoughts into the air, maybe that's what's a little timeless about our music is our, our sincerity to, to just want to be the best band at that point we were could possibly be. Did it mean a lot to you to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, man, I, I I tried to keep my cool because I just wanted to be reverent and thankful to Greg Rowley, who let me live in his house when we wrote the first record, and Neil Sean, and, and uh, you know, I just wanted to thank the manager for believing in me because he heard my, my cassette back in the day of my music, and I was just a kid from the Fresno area, and he told the band, you got to listen to this kid. I mean, you should work with him. He convinced him to, for, to give me a chance, so I looked at Herbie, and I said, I just want to thank you for believing me. I would not be standing here had you not. Yeah. And that's the truth. So there were so many things, I think, that needed to be said that were unsaid that that night provided one location. All the things I wanted to ever say in one place, I was able to say that night. And we talk about the influence and the impact your voice has had on so many. And we'll continue now with a new record coming but um, and some of the influences you had, and I, I just did want to ask you because we have heard and we do know that Aretha Franklin is is not well. And yeah, I just uh, heard that yesterday. I've been doing all these radio, and they, yeah. and they told me last night. I didn't even know. So I just didn't, didn't know if you had a few words if that was a, the in, influence well, she would have had. You on know, you. I mean, uh, when when I was younger, her music was so important to me. And when I saw the documentary about Rick Hall and Muscle Shoals, right, Mm -hmm. um, it was obvious to me that her voice, when it connected to the Swampers at Muscle Shoals, became this incredible marriage between their love for R&B and her voice. Because they used to cut a lot of tracks here in New York, but it didn't click until she went down there. And so it became this magical thing, and some of her most amazing hits came out of that. And she's in a documentary about you know Muscle Shoals where she talks about that. Um, I'm really sad about that because she is iconically one of my favorites of all yeah. time well they're giving me the uh the sign to end it steve Uh-oh. you gotta go on and do Uh-oh. other things so i don't want to make anybody mad we've had a great no, conversation no, no. i've enjoyed this so much you're thank so you. great thank, thank you. you so much uh october 5th again everybody check out steve perry's new album long awaited to say the least like you put on your social media it's been a long time coming but uh traces is the album no erasing is the single which is available now maybe when the record is actually out come back come sit 
interested in any time. I would love, to, love see to sit here and talk about the rest of it with you anytime you and want we'll me. And we'll talk about all the people that we want to talk about that I, we didn't get to out. You know, let's do that. Let's we do got that. all kinds of stuff we can cover. Okay. It's an honor, sir. Thank you so Thank much for you. coming in. My honor. Best Pleasure. of luck with the record. Well, there you have it. Uh, we could have went for another hour easily. Steve Perry, formerly of Journey, talking about his new album coming soon and his return to music and breaking a 20-year silence. That interview originating on my Sirius XM show on volume, which is heard every day, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, live on 106, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and on demand on the Sirius XM app. Just a little taste of some of the stuff that I'm doing on a daily basis on Sirius XM on my daily show there, Trunk Nation. Huge thanks to Steve Perry. Again, I'm aware that Steve Perry has done a ton of interviews since I did that with him last week, but that was the first, and that was a monumental moment for a lot of people. And again, I appreciate all the incredible response to that interview. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Remember, connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook fan page, and also eddietrunk.com is the official online home. See you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks for listening. say this was the murder we missed a story you'll have to hear to believe he said he was a 200 year old vampire why was shang shantra's abbot gunned down before giving evidence two men shot him down it's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery listen to this untold true crime story from adam shand the trials of the vampire at podcast one.com or download the app